welcome, Pathfolk, to After Party 44 for our actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. I'm your host today. I- I'm Heather, Heather. In, case, in case y'all haven't like figured that out yet. Weird. So this is over episodes 130, 131, and 132. Mm-hmm. So we'll go down in Woo. history as the golden age to find the path. Really? Really? I don't know. Really? <laughs> I think they're pretty quality. Let's see. On uh, episode 130 was when we left the Catfolk Canyon, and I decided that Masika would leave the mech suit because of its poor 20 feet movement speed. Yeah, yeah it would have really slowed us down. Yeah. We would have never been able to sneak in with that. <laughs> I'm just going to mention this because there's nothing you can do about it now. What? Uh, the book does expressly tell me how the, uh, the mech suit could be put to use while inside of the Sightless Sphinx. Ah, really? It has, like it has sections that just tell you exactly like what use it could be put to during different parts of it in case it kind of comes up. You know, for like, like seriously, there's no, there's no way you're doing the stealth approach that we're kind of going down. <laughs> You'd have to just fight your way through everybody. Let's let's talk about how well that stealth went when we get to that episode. Yeah, yeah, man. it went fine. It's fine. Fine. Um, uh, the terrain depends on what, us. It's what not definition of fine we're working with. It's fine. It worked out for the best. <laughs> um, on our way to the Sightless Sphinx, Rahi told us the history of her brother, Usurib. Oh, yeah. He was just a tool. Yeah. He's yeah, kind of spoiled. I, you know, I don't know, depending on what happened to him in the Sphinx, if he's really going to end up being, like, savable, if that makes any sense he sounds, it sounds like, like he was a jerk already yeah it sounds like he was a power hungry jerk already and then he went in there and the glabrazoo or whatever else he ran into we don't even know if it was the glabrazoo maybe mm. since then he's hooked up with the cult or who knows what but no they're fighting the cult i think but uh it's gonna be bad news i think when we run into him i don't think it's gonna be a you need to come back to your family because i think that would end up with him murdering his father and trying to take over the Pride. I hate my dad. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. got some issues. Yeah. yeah. So he's got like the uh, Kylo Ren thing going on. Like, but your dad is so nice. <laughs> What's wrong with you? That's Harrison Ford. Stop hating him. Right? <laughs> your dad's on solo. Yeah. But I, I, so I don't think the story of Usarib is going to end the way yeah. Usarib envisions it is That's what, I, what I'm fine. getting at. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, Rahi wants wants her brother back, and I get Does that, because it's like family. And she's, Rahi she's, was, Rahi she was, was like, you know, go ahead and get rid of that. Mm-hmm, yeah, that, Rahi yeah. was the one that yeah, said that she doesn't think that he's redeemable. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so when you've got his own sister going, look, if you have to stab him, I understand. That I mean, not says quite those, that, those words, but <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely if he's not savable, uh-huh. don't save him. Mm. Don't hurt or, yourself. No, don't to go to, to extraordinary him. measures. Yeah, you know? that, yeah. That, says, yeah. that says a lot about the type of uh, person Usurib She's like, is. I like my brother, but... He was a jerk. He was responsible <laughs> for the death of my sister. Yeah. So. Two yeah. of his sisters, <laughs> right? doesn't, Or one of them still in the Sphinx? No, it's uh, it was just one of his sisters went, oh, okay. and she was the one that another came back. Oh, yeah. But Kids. then when they yep. laid siege to the yeah, um, yeah she was killed the by the she was corrupted mm-hmm. Moftet. But nothing sours yeah. a family relationship like a little soror side. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. 
But we did actually reach the sightless sphinx and make our uh, charge of diplomacy at the end of that episode. It was awesome. We, the, the best part about that was when Rick was like, here, you do this with a plus 30 or whatever, and we're still sitting there just like, oh my gosh, like, I don't even know, man. Like, I have, uh, I mean, the numbers are just too big for me to math. Yeah. Because <laughs> we never add numbers that big when you're no. not the GM. I shouldn't have to add up to 50. What's wrong with this? <laughs> I'm out of fingers, man. <laughs> this isn't second edition high level play or Starfinder 20th level weapon damage. It's when the calculator was a necessity and not just a luxury. <laughs> Every time I pull the trigger, shouldn't be a fireball damage dice pull. But we were able to sneak up on them, and then Hollis casted haste, and we ran. And Masika was like, "Wait, diplomacy!" and Somehow it works. I'm not because we entirely- didn't hurt them. <laughs> well, yeah, I was gonna say we didn't hurt them. We complied immediately when they said we to were just fast. Throw down our weapons and all that jazz, and we probably would have tried stealthing up to them and just saying hi if there wasn't that huge gap that we had to close. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was ridiculous and amazing, and the fact that it works worked make me makes me very very happy. Yeah, it was great. You got a chance to meet with uh, Orcamus. Yeah, he's cool. That, that was in episode 131. Yeah. Indeed. Which is the following episode where you had mm. the, the brief diplomacy thing. And he got and all up in the cultist's face and was like, it's fine. He's like yeah. amazing. And I want to take him with us on all the rest of our adventures. He's, he's joining your like, <laughs> God, what do we call it? We even gave it a name. <laughs> oh, One oh. Desert Alliance or something like that. <laughs> One Desert. Oh, yeah. The Oda. 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 A little Oda. <laughs> but it does expressly state in here that uh, he is willing to talk, especially if you t- handled Dakuri's body and everything with care. Which uh, in did. particular, that, that argument that he doesn't want to see, he doesn't want to lose any more warriors, and he's pretty sure you don't want to either. Nope. 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 And, and, then, uh, uh, and this is jumping a little bit ahead, but having recently had to fight some of the Gertalee Blue. I'm sure you get an idea of how bad it is to have to fight a lot of them at once. Especially yeah, one, a big bad. one with class levels. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Cool. I mean, on the plus side, none of you are um, monstrous humanoids, which is his favorite enemy. True. Uh, I think he's like Umaku, you know, from <laughs> Black Panther. Uh, a little bit. Okay, little so bit. we just cast him now. He's definitely going to be played <laughs> yeah, by Winston Duke. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember Winston the actor's Duke. name off the top of my head. I'd have to look it's it up. It's Winston but. Duke, yeah. Winston Duke. Duke, that's it. He's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's a rad guy. He's hilarious, too. Oh, oh yeah. He's hilarious, yeah. So then we uh, we joined Orkamus on the hunt for the Baycock, where oh. basically we went to that camp and he acted as bait, and then we murdered it. Which is a good thing we took him along, because that <laughs> thing would have destroyed us with how much damage it was doing. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I got paralyzed and I was the only one. You were. <laughs> yeah, but the, the thing about it is having the, what, what was it, like four attacks around that it yeah. can do with paralyzing arrows? It's crazy. Yeah, yeah that's, that's just that was pretty rough. And yeah, the shriek, man. Oh, it, that was rough. This is why Masika keeps her remove fear memorized at all times. <laughs> it always reinforces. It's the same thing with, uh, with gas and ghouls and all the rest of that, that paralysis just, it takes you out of the fight. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, it's at that point, it's a race against time before, well, inevitably you will fail a save, uh, especially when you're fighting something that can paralyze from a 30 foot range. Yeah, yep. that's yeah. Yeah. actually it can paralyze from however far away it is. It can just shoot you with an arrow. But the scream is 30 yeah. foot range. But we which were is why victorious. it had to swoop down to blast you. We were victorious Indeed. against the Baycock. And then we reached in episode 132. 
We had returned to the shadow of the sightless sphinx and took a nap and contacted Falto. <laughs> and he wasted a bunch of words again because it's Falto. He wasted three words. <laughs> that was Those enough. Those were three critical words. <laughs> so we kind, we kind of have an idea about what Falto is doing. We also learned that the shadow itself is like left over oh, from some yeah. gate. And it's like a, a yeah. place where the veil between the shadow realm and this realm or is thin and stuff yeah. yeah it also brings two interesting things up which was one the the reoccurrence of the phrase and i'm not sure if you guys caught it where everyone kept saying in the shadow of the sightless sphinx mm. yeah, yeah they said that a bunch. yeah yeah and now it makes sense yeah and it's also it's also just from a narrative not just even a narrative standpoint but from a cinematic standpoint it's such a cool quirk to a location where it's this mm-hmm. shadow. It's, everything else's shadows moving normally, but this thing, no matter how the sun hits it, well, it's, its very, shadow it feels, falls exactly the I, same. I've been reading a lot of Lovecraft again after I did my uh, research check. I was like, it's been a while. And so I've been reading a lot of it and it feels very Lovecraftian to be 100% perfectly honest, to just have this shadow that never moves in the yeah. middle of the desert. It's weird fiction. Mm-hmm. It's there's this thing it, technically speaking this isn't weird fiction because a explanation's been given for it weird fiction requires that an explanation never be given but it's an interesting quirk to the locale and it also makes for a very unique landmark mm-hmm. and who knows maybe it justifies having some shadow monsters i'm sure it will oh yeah i would be surprised I'm ready. if there aren't any in here somewhere <laughs> oh well actually you can still try the spellcraft because technically dismissal is planar movement, which is barred by since you guys identified True. what's going on with the sightless sphinx. But I only need a nine. Yeah, you have a better than 50 percent chance of making the the spellcraft check to be able to ignore the penalties. Yeah, if you could just banish the gear to blee blue, that would be or the, the glabber zoo. That would be just grand. That's my yeah. idea, but we'll see. Hmm. I do but, like how they included that loophole there, though, where it's like, yeah, what if you're a good enough spellcaster, you can find if you're you lucky, know. you know, we but that's up only because the paw has collapsed, which is probably yeah, due to whatever damage happened whenever the, the shadow Sarenites. got, you know, I, I think it the has something to do with this. got shattered. I think yeah. this Serenites got here and destroyed the gate. And that's what blew up part of the Sphinx's paw and made the shadow get stuck. But. That would guess, tie some things together. Yeah. That would probably really annoy the Serenites, though, when they're leaving. And then they're like, wait a second. This thing's shadow isn't moving in concordance with the sun. This makes us angry. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but back to the Falto thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the Pathfinders and his dad being out in the desert somewhere. It makes me wonder if in the Faded Tales, we're going to run into Falto again. I hope so. That'd be fun. That'd be interesting. That'd be fun. Because because those those characters are also out in the desert hunting down shenanigans. Well, most. I mean, Sagira Sagira and Falto had an interesting dynamic between them. He was mostly she was like he dumb, but okay. (laughs) Yeah, it was it was mostly he dumb, and Falto didn't really realize this, and so he thought like he and Sagira had this really good rapport. He's like Sagira's really nice. Easy for us to talk to Falter with the faded tales because (laughs) I have a feeling that the other characters that are there would be like, "Who is this guy?" Yeah, Sagira's more like he's like a really good Mark. (laughs) 
<laughs> she's not stealing from anyone, but he's a mark for sure. She did steal from him a little bit. She did but, steal from him before. Yeah, but, but we're so, cool. It's uh, fine. So when uh, when Rick's ha- when that came up, I was like, I wonder if in the Faded Tales we're gonna run into Falto because we still have to finish that story. We still have to find the trapezohedron. Yep. But mm-hmm. back to episode one thirty two of the main story of Bummy's Mask. We entered the sightless Sphinx and immediately got jumped by a bunch of cultists or two cultists and two gear to Libru. Who would have? Okay, but who would have thought that they would post guys up right by the front door, man? Like, Anybody come on, that's just world. like that's good security. Like, we never have people do good security when know, we go like yeah. into tombs. And, and they things. had the freaking audacity to be monks and not spellcasters. <laughs> oh, dude, that was amazing. That was amazing. Amber e. Scott is feeling my vibe of like putting monks in deserts. I don't know. I whooped up on him pretty good. Apparently, Citra dude, you just like, you really eviscerated that guy. I'm sorry. Hollis had to flank with Citra, and that is. A bad fight. <laughs> what are you talking about? You did great. The armor had gotten his cool new greater ability, which lasts for even longer and is like a standard action to fix instead of a move action. And I was like, I'm gonna go mess this guy. No, Narmer's not yeah, messing. Narmer's not messing <laughs> with the cultists in this dungeon, man. I was gonna say Narmer got messed up so yeah. fierce. Mm-hmm. It came yeah, pretty it close to actually biting it. He was down yeah. to 14 hit points at, a, at one, one point. Yeah, one more hit would have done him in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 15 so, points of damage is a possibility for those monks. Yep, so. so yeah, Narmer is not until, unless they start slinging spells, Narmer's not getting anywhere near these <laughs> cultists. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> so, it, it is interesting also where uh, I feel like the party is dealing with something new here and I think this first room kind of illustrated I'm interested to see how it expands from here the rooms in the sightless sphinx are so big that mm-hmm. two people can't really stop anyone moving past them you yep. know in this case it was those monks actually also had really good stealth scores and managed to still surprise half of the party but it was the fact that they just went okay we're just going to lightly jog past the front line and then go and punch the wizard and the cleric in the face um, they didn't realize you're a shaman they didn't know they're like that looks like a cleric this looks like a standard party of wizard cleric fighter and rogue that fighter doesn't wear any armor but sure wizard's gonna start preparing that spell she hasn't prepared in like ever where like i forget what it's called but within five feet of her she sucks the air out of the area and so you can't breathe (laughs) so it's like don't be near me Little do you know that they all have key metabolism like oh Sudi and can hold their breath. Yeah, exactly. They just hold their breath forever. They will all be monks. <laughs> but Masika pulled. That was the weirdest fight with Masika yelling at the Gear to Leblu and then pulling out the letter and being like, "Oh my God, it's a letter! I have it! Don't kill well, us!" And, and <laughs> us literally holding back, like mm. going into that yeah. fight, going, "We need to conserve." Like you, we've done the like the last like twenty fights. It felt like it's like okay, we go to a place, we go full out for like three fights, we're done. Yeah, but this is a giant structure. We need yeah, to. Now we're, now we're yeah. having to like actually pace ourselves again, and it's well, weird. Yeah. And it was weird to be like. Okay, they have step up. I'm trapped next to him. I guess I'm going to pull out a dagger and not cast a spell. I don't think there's been a round that Hollis hasn't cast a spell in combat in, like, ever. A I bit, mean, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know how many cultists are in here, and I don't know how many gear to Libra are in here, but hopefully with the letter and the diplomacy checks and everything we've made previously, at least maybe the gear to Libra will leave us alone. And we know that there are Moftet in here, and we know that there's a Glabrazoo in here, and we know that... Probably shadow creatures. Yeah, something left over from that. And this is a huge building. Like, Rick has talked about how it's freaking huge. It's ridiculous. 
So I'm going to tease this for for y'all in the audience. Oh, Lord. Because I, I love kind of giving it a little bit behind the screen. He likes screen us to here. live in fear, Pathfolk. <laughs> <laughs> the Sightly Sphinx takes up 28 pages. Okay. Oh well, God. I mean, so it's a it's a, it's a, a good book dungeon um, crawl. Then. <laughs> We're supposed to be thirteenth level by the end of this book or whatever. Yeah, so yeah, that's two more say, levels in somewhere. For that's that, two so. more levels in this book. Whew. Who's to say you might find more allies in here? That's you true. might mm-hmm. find possibly prisoners? some reasonable you know, prisoners, reasonable creatures in here that would, you know, you can actually diplomatize with. You I, re- don't know I what thought you were really here. about to say reasonable cultists. And I was some like, none of cultists. those jerks no. are reasonable. <laughs> no, no. We do have a familiar I mean, mind. We get one snap. Yeah, any, anyone that carves a cartouche on their chest and blows themselves up when they die usually aren't reasonable. No. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. so this this room is the taste of the rest of the Sphinx. I, I'm yeah. I'm uh, well, yeah, because the and the cultists now have the I think Rick described yeah. as flashbang ability, the which cheap is just flying you ability like that mm-hmm. they really needed on top of exploding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've uh, potentially you actually don't really know entirely if you finish the fight in room one. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's That's only true, like because we ended mid fight again. Well, no, 60 more we, rooms we, to killed, go or something. We, we killed the cultists and now we're trying to get the gear to leave you to not murder us. Yeah, we don't know. Uh, if I really this hope will be we can get them on our side because they have tons of hit points. As yeah. we saw with uh, yeah. with, with our, our previous Baycock fight that they have tons of hit points and that's just going to be no fun for anybody. And yeah. tons of attacks. I mean, those cultists yeah. also had tons of hit points. And like Rick said in that episode, the fact that why would Masika lie about something like that? That's totally ridiculous. Yeah, because that's totally preposterous. And, and having the right information about the gear to blue that are here. Yeah. Hopefully it will work out for us. <laughs> yes. At least get yeah. them to stand Fingers down, crossed. right? Yeah. Things always end up turning up doorkeepers, right? Um, <laughs> sure. Sure. I guess then uh, we'll go on to our... Emails. Emails. I don't know. I just said it. I don't either. That was weird. <laughs> Are you surprised we have emails? Do you know that we've only been doing this a few years now? This is the 44th after party. <laughs> I only read every single email that every person who has ever sent us an email has sent to us. So I thank all of you for doing so. <laughs> and uh, I apologize profusely if I've ever missed your email and it hasn't made it into an after party. <laughs> Our first email is from Michael from McMurray, Pennsylvania. Oh, Pennsylvania. Yep. I think he also included his handle on there. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't know if I can pronounce it though. Give it the old college try. Elf. Uh, Effeldom. Effeldom. Is it Effeldom? Yeah. Yeah, uh, okay. I know him. Effeldom. Yeah, yeah, we know him. Okay. Hey, I hang out with him on Discord. <laughs> I was gonna say okay. I played games with him. So. Oh yeah, where is Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Um, I've, I've only ever been to Pennsylvania's airport, so I cannot speak to anything else. I've been to Philadelphia, but that's it. So okay. where do they have cheese Quakers. Uh, Quakers. Where, where do they have cheese sticks <laughs> in Galarian? Where are the Quakers of Galarian? <laughs> um. I don't think they're Gosh. Quakers anymore. Yeah, well, they were. <laughs> they were starting out. <laughs> is it the uh, Liberty the, Bell in Pennsylvania? Is there some place in Galarian? Uh, Philadelphia with a, is also there, where Liberty uh, Bell is, yeah. Isn't there, is there a place in Galarian with a big bell? Contargo has bells. Contargo. There you go. We'll put him in Contargo. Contargo. Yes. All right. Contargo. Contargo. Rockin'. Effeldom in Contargo. Contargo. Fun. 
So he says, Dear Find the Path, I've been listening to your podcast for the past few handfuls of months ever since Graf sung your praises and convinced me that I should check it out. Yeah, thanks, Graf. Preaching the good word. We had become friends on another fan Discord server, and I was delighted to have become hooked just in time to join you as you established yours. From my perspective, it was pure serendipity. As I was becoming enamored with your story, I wondered if you'd be creating a server as others had. A short while later, you did. Yeah, I really enjoy the Discord, too. I kind of am sad that we didn't do it sooner, to be honest. True. Thank you to all of our Discord moderators. Yes. (laughs) Denev. Yep. Denev. While I've been slowly catching up on drives to work, the occasional forays and exercise, and in various COVID-19-induced efforts at housework, I've tried to think (laughs) of what I'd want to say in the eventual email I knew I would send. I feel that it goes without saying that the praise you routinely receive is well-deserved. While I, could fe- While I feel I could easily add to this chain and perhaps grin mischievously as Rick endures another challenging encounter with positive feedback, my intended aim... Positive reinforcement, my ancient enemy. <laughs> I only take constructive criticism. Anyway. He says, my intended aim is a little bit more broad. Frankly, this past year has been hard. True mm-hmm. that. True debt. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 100%. Bring out what sur- superlatives you will. We've all been moving forward under extraordinary and life-changing circumstances. As a group, you have shared a look into what is obviously a cherished part of your lives. I think that's the reason you are so well-followed, to be honest. It's not just the narrative is. It's not just that the narrative is a fun ride, but the genuine friendship and karatomy echo the best of times rather than the most bleak. Oh. Yeah, I oh. guess we like each other. It's true. I mean, maybe a little. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> We're only in each other's weddings and all that shenanigans, you know. Yeah, we, you know, we, we only like spend, we only spend on my wall what, and like, stuff. you know, our entire weekends recording this stuff <laughs> together. <laughs> yep. You know, that means nothing, though. I mean, nothing. No. It's just, no, it's just, just it's nothing. <laughs> Some of us may have exchanged vows, but none of them are as important as the blood pact that we went into whenever we formed this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we have a yaya sisterhood. I didn't, I the didn't think we were supposed to tell them about the blood pact. Were we, I thought that we were keeping that a secret. We didn't realize that Heather had used the blood pact to like further her own ends as well. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's very Natalie. Yeah. Why do you have the Necronomicon here? This wasn't part enough. <laughs> Don't ask questions. It's fine. Shanta um, Negro. <laughs> <laughs> He goes on to say, finally, I am ever so grateful that you created a shared space for your fans in your Discord server. Rather than just a passive glimpse into what you do on the regular, you have created a place for your fellow gamers to come together and tell new stories. Not only have you done this, but it took, but you took it a step further and jumped in right alongside us. Whether it's playing in the latest nail-biting scenario Deneve is running or agonizing at the misfortune of the electric dice gods, you're right there with us. In short, True. you welcomed us to your table. Thank you. Oh, thank oh. you. Oh, and thank yeah. you for joining us. Yes. Mm-hmm. And running games. And thank Graf for spreading the good word. Yes. Yeah, yes, true. definitely. Yeah, the, the Discord is definitely, it was one of those things that's long overdue. And I think it's honestly, it's been really helpful just for us personally as well. You know, we're, we're still people yeah. at yeah. the end of the day and yep. feeling connected to, to the fans a little bit more. And getting to play with you guys actually is, is really fun. Like just mm-hmm. it's very kind of good to kind of kick up the uh, the old routine a bit and play with some new people. I really nice. enjoy getting on there and reading the comments. I don't play in any of the games. I'm hoping to maybe eventually join some tables and start some online stuff, but I just haven't done that yet. Somebody's but- got a hooker with a night all adventure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll get her yeah. in. That's what it takes. 
Yeah. And, th- and thanks, of course, to anyone who ever sings our praises or spreads awareness of the podcast. If you tell two friends and then get those two friends to tell two oh, friends. Oh, we are not a pyramid <laughs> Oh, my God. It's not a pyramid scheme because you actually get something awesome out of it. That's I true. guess it's true. true. Satisfaction is more friends to talk about Find the Pathway. Completely. But there are pyramids. There are Lots pyramids. Of, it's actually a pyramid scheme. <laughs> That's a good literally. point. <laughs> Although, to be honest, okay. you guys are four books into this adventure path and have not stepped foot inside of a pyramid. But well, we know what we think about Just a pyramid. Sister tomb was a very tiny pyramid. So. Yes. Think about them, though. Yeah. They're soon. We'll count it. They're on the horizon. <laughs> kind of baby's first pyramid. <laughs> baby's first pyramid. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Our second mm-hmm. email comes from Kristen and Kellamarain. Nice. Nice. She says, Hey all, long time listener, first time emailer. Keeping mm. the praise short, you are all um word I can't say because Rick will bleep it. Awesome. <laughs> Technically it's a word that Heather can't say or Rick will bleep it. <laughs> well no, she she did asterisks and stuff. I can't read the oh, words she types oh, because okay, Rick will okay. bleep it. I mean oh, we can we're, we can we're guess. all beeping awesome is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. So beeping she, awesome. Uh, thank you all for all the laughs and even tears. I saw your announcement about launching a new podcast and I'm both excited and a little disappointed. Excited okay. because I love your show and can't wait for more. Disappointed because I was one of the fans hoping that you were jumping into Starfinder. No. So, still, I will definitely be listening and looking forward to your take on a Pathfinder 2nd Edition Hell's Rebels Adventure Path. Awesome. Fair. But your announcement... I'm excited. I mean, yeah. 2nd Edition. <laughs> but your announcement that you were converting an old AP to 2nd Edition did get me thinking and gave me a question I loved your input on. What Pathfinder adventure would you update to Starfinder? Rise of the Space Lords, Curse of the Cyber Throne, Strange Aeons. <laughs> no need to change that name. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. yeah I do have space an asylum. That's the reverse hmm. of this. I recently thought about how it might be interesting to take Signal of Screams and make it second edition. And instead of going to like a space resort, you're going to like a secluded island resort or something. And like maybe oh. you start at zero level because second edition lets you do zero level. You know, there'd be yeah. a lot of modification needed. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know why I suddenly got an image of like Flossed in Paradise. The, the that's yeah. Signal of Screams, <laughs> except if I do it in second edition, it would be Flossed in Temple of Dice. I, don't I mean, know. I honestly <laughs> don't follow Starfinder that too closely, so I don't know a lot about their adventure past besides the fact that I want to play Signal of Screams but, like, be the bad guys. Um, <laughs> That's why Heather can't play Heather Signal fashion. of Screams. <laughs> no, but, um, so I actually don't know. I mean, I, Jess and Jordan and Rick know a lot more about Starfinder than I do. Like, It's I f- more like, what could be in space? But the question is, like, which AP could be in space, right? Yeah. Yes. So I have Any a thought. Any of them, honestly. Ooh, I haven't got a thought. Okay, you go. So my my thought is take Kingmaker, but blow ah. it up to planet size. Oh, interesting. Colonizing an entire planet. Interesting. And that would be interesting, actually. Like terraforming and stuff could come expe- into play. Especially you could tie in the same thing with Kingmaker, that it's an entire planet that has this close connection to the first world. And so there's mm. like it's an entire like fey planet that you're trying to negotiate with the other indigenous species there and like establish, you know, That'd a whole cool. new space kingdom. We'll call it Space Kingmaker. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't think about that one, but yeah, I totally agree with that. Kingmaker would be rad in space. It would also be interesting to do between multiple planets, but... I mean, this is a second adventure adventure path, but you could easily take probably Agents of Edgewatch and turn it into, like, Agents oh, yeah. of Absalom Station or some other space yeah. station yeah. and do, yeah. like... yeah. Agents so, of Space Watch. I'm just uh, yeah, adding space. Do like to a things. Spectre, uh, like in Mass, <laughs> Mass Effect, Effect Adventure Path, Adventure path basically, <laughs> yeah. where you're Spectres, yeah. you know, or the cool. so, see thereof. That would actually be really neat. What about yeah. Skull and Shackle? Like, like Treasure Planet vibes from that? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Rocking yeah. the diaspora yes. and being part of the yeah. Besmara space pirate fleet. Wouldn't that be cool? Oh, you get yeah. the space whales cool going on. It'd be awesome. It actually, it'd be surprising surprisingly of course like the mechanics and everything you would need to to switch over but like the individual plot points because i've run through uh, we've done we've went through part of book one yeah. but we never got to and heather it. and i have run through the entirety of skull and mm-hmm. shackles it would actually be surprisingly easy like the plot points would all still make sense especially minor spoiler here for skull and shackles that there's a regatta there's like a boat race at some point and doing oh, like a cool. space regatta race through an asteroid field would be amazing. That would be very cool. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds yeah, amazing. Under 12 parsecs. <laughs> All right. I have another one. I'm going to pull Rachel, but this is the actual answer. Cause the other one is the other direction. Uh, serpent skull. You like crash land on like Castrovel, oh. some abandoned Oof. part in the wilderness and you have to do all the stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. Or maybe there's no, like a serpent work. folk planet that you have to there go to. There could be a planet. There could be a lot of things because I feel like Serpent Skull is just archaeology in the jungle. You could put that in space. Archaeology hmm. in the space jungle. Yeah. yeah. I, I honestly think any of the city adventures, you could easily kind of port, like lift and shift them onto, you know, planetary adventures and, you know, have a, a again, you have like that city campaign, but it's over like, you know, a, a, a city in space you know somewhere mm. out in the vast who knows oh yeah curse so of the crimson throne but on uh, triaxis yeah or you could take like a uh, council of thieves or i mean even like hell's rebels hell's vengeance potentially you could have a similar mm. type of vibe you'd have to like reskin the entire thing obviously because like you know Cantargo is not a thing for for hell's rebels but i think you could do some interesting stuff with a similar narrative but just like it has the same story beats but it's you know yeah. space themed yeah, I kind of feel like I have to give it to Rachel. I feel like Skull yeah. and Shackle would be the yeah. one that incorporates the most, at least, naval combat <laughs> that could easily translate over to space combat. And Well, and you could get really interesting with that, too, because, like, you know, maybe you you don't have just a regular starship. You have, like, you know, more like a, the, the capital ship dreadnought kind of thing with a crew of 100 people on it, you know? Yeah. So you do some interesting stuff with, like, capital ship combat, and I'm kind of air quoting that. Did they ever introduce, I haven't checked in the new uh, Starship Combat, did they ever introduce ramming other ships? Because I know that was something that they hand-waved in the core mechanics where they just said, ships are moving too fast and you can't ram one another. I haven't seen that anyway. Yeah, no, there's no ramming each other, so that would be another, like, kind of capital ship type thing, or like, the only thing I've seen that would be, be similar to it is we did see some society module, you got shot with something that basically launched a bunch of drones that just surrounded you, which would be, like, the little, like, fighters coming around your capital ship. There you know? are, Ooh. like, if you fight starship-sized creatures, like, there's, I ran a Besmaran whelp who was big enough that it could grab onto you, and if it hit through your shields to hull points, it could latch on. Hmm. And so you have this giant monster latched onto your starship. It's basically grappling like the ship. Like space kraken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Nice. Anyway, but I'd be really interested to see someone make that conversion. So good. <laughs> All right, but yeah. uh, Kristen signs off with "Love your show and excited for Hell's Rebels." Just one more reason I can't wait for 2020 to end. Woo-hoo. Yeah, we're, right. we're all with you there. We are Agreed. all yeah. Yep, yep, January 6th. <laughs> and never say never about Starfinder. You never know. Come to the Discord. Jordan and I, I was, and Ross I was going to say, all honestly, if you want to you play some Starfinder, we play a lot of Starfinder on the Discord. I mean, also, you know, we're always looking for new future uh, Patreon stretch goals. So uh, yeah. once we hit a couple more Patreon goals, who knows what's in the cards? True. 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 All righty, now it's time for everyone's favorite thing, casting of the gods. Oh, oh, my yeah, boy. It's always my favorite part. Bum, 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 what, am I, what am I rolling, Rick? A D8. Three. Ooh. Interesting. Today we're going to be casting Grandmother Spider, the Ooh, Weaver. Oh. <laughs> also known as Nena Nandi. Grandmother Spider began her existence as a servant of the outer other gods, meant to weave fate and reality into existence. Infuriated at her position as a lackey, she made fools of the greater gods through mischief and disruption. She stole and copied Asmodeus's keys, resulting in widespread chaos, and pilfered mm-hmm. some of Serenray's fire, leading to numerous follow- followers astray. Nimbly avoiding any retribution for her antics, Grandmother Spider rewove the strands of fate for herself, gaining her freedom. She regularly pleads with her brother, Akakek, to follow her lead and rebel against the gods, and while he has always refused, seemingly indifferent, Akakek has, on on one notable occasion, proven vengeful towards those who harm his sister or her followers. Due to the ongoing animosity of Asmodeus, worship of Grandmother Spider is virtually unknown in Avistan. She is traditionally revered in Garun and amongst Anandi, whose ancestors she led through the darkness into freedom. Temples are rarely dedicated to Grandmother Spider. Her places of worship are instead typically schools and small roadside or home shrines consisting of a spider figurine, a loom, or a woven object. Uh, Grandmother Spider emphasizes self-reliance, learning, cunning, and caring for family and community. She is intolerant of bullying and slavery and disdains inherited hierarchies and titles. I think I immediately know who I'm casting for this. I know exactly who I'm going to be casting. I think mine's going to be an unconventional choice, but I don't know. All right, I'm ready. I know who I'm casting. I do love that the art in Grandmother Spider, she is feeding a little baby spider. I know, I love him. It's a little happy spider, a little wee-wee. little wee-wee. I am also ready. All right, so I'm going to go with Lupita Nyong'o. I can never pronounce her last name. Nyong'o. 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 Yes. Mm. Nice. I don't know why, but when Rick was describing, the, I was reading about Grandmother Spider, she just jumped into my head. And she's an awesome... She's an awesome actress, like in uh, oh, yeah. Black Panther. And if y'all ever saw us, she can be super creepy. If oh, she yeah. To. yeah, no, yeah, us yeah. was great. Right, so <laughs> that's that is my choice. Mm-hmm. Good choice. Us was good enough I, for me to see it. Positive. No, we she wasn't cast. Her, no, I put her, her forward for, for something, but she didn't mm-hmm. get picked. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay, my turn. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna go with Whoopi Goldberg. Ooh, huh. um, Goldberg. Okay, she is she is one of the few um, actresses in the world that has an egot for one. Hmm. Um, okay, so she's freaking amazing, talented. She can go from uh, absolute comedian to uh, super caring because I mean she had her role on Star Trek forever. Um, I've seen her play not so much the creepy roles, but she's also done a lot of the dramatic roles. But she's she's just a freaking amazing actress all around. And I, I can just really imagine her bringing some gravitas to the to Grandmother Spider. Okay. 
right. I'm going to get, especially because the idea of a, a character that is both portrays how an actor that portrays the character's sheer intelligence with also that mischievous nature and a little bit of that, I guess, just gravitas to it. Uh, I'm going to go with Viola Davis. Oh, and How to Get Away with Murder is a great show, and mm-hmm. she's fantastic in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, you know, she also just shows that she can have that that seriousness to her if she needs to. You know, something like uh, Amanda Waller. Yeah. That she Suicide was honestly Squad, probably yeah. the best, one of the best parts of Suicide Squad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, she is just, uh, she is a phenomenal actress. And yeah, uh, she is. I think that she could handle this, uh, the mischievous side as well. All right, these are all great, except nobody said Angela Bassett. Angela Bassett's I a good one. Her. I was definitely I considering her, yeah. When you look at her art, she looks similar. And she can be tough as nails. She can be vulnerable. She's a very good actress, but she also has that, like, don't F with me vibe that I think Grandmother Spider's got to get every now and then. Like, yeah. it, takes some, it takes some nerves of steel to decide to trick the gods. See, that's why I picked Whoopi. <laughs> Whoopi doesn't convey nerves of steel. Angela yeah, Bassett. She, she does to me. Kind of she, was, she was in Sister Act, man. She stood up to everybody. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. All right. What Goodness. you got, Jordan? All right. So I'm dipping into, into the HBO experience here. I'm going for Thandie Newton. Oh, I love her. Thandie yeah, Newton. On Westworld, nice. she is fantastic. Like probably the best part of Westworld is her. She plays like this super conniving, like, Mm. you know, manipulative person. And she just does such a fantastic job of being like the sweetest character and also the most devious, like running that border between like mischievous and devilish, you know, kind of vibe. Mm. So I think she would do a fantastic job. She was actually one of the best parts of the Chronicles of Riddick, which is the worst of the Riddick movies. Also, yeah, also, that. <laughs> but she was really good. In that. But no, see Westworld for sure. Like if you haven't seen Westworld, Westworld's fantastic, and she is the best part. The best thing about all of these castings is that we cast Adam Driver as Akakek. Adam Driver is a brother. I mean, yes, but it's just hilarious to picture any of these actresses bugging Adam Driver to go rebel against the gods. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't want to. I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed that we'd already cast Akakek. Just because uh, I no, I found out when I was looking up Viola Davis and like going through you know everything else that she's done. Apparently, her second cousin is Mike Coulter. The guy that plays Luke Cage. Oh, I was like, really? oh man, if, I, if only I had already ca- we had already cast Akakek, nope, I could have pushed for Luke Cage. It's, it's Adam Driver, man. <laughs> the second is Mike Coulter is Kelru. Yeah, yeah. No, wait, no, not no, Kelru. Uh, uh, yeah. Kavak. Kavak. He's Kavak. Yeah, mm-hmm. which makes me a little yes. sad because I love him. I know. You know, he does now. He plays a good villain, too. He does. (laughs) So there are your choices for Grandmother Spider. And as always, you can go to the subreddit to vote for vote for our choices and see who gets the role. We yep. need to probably post this casting list somewhere on the webpage so people can actually see it. Uh, it's posted on the Reddit. Yeah, yeah the Reddit's got a, a, a wiki page. Yeah, of it. the Reddit has put a wiki. it on our website though. Okay, well, if you want to learn web design and figure out how to make the list look nice on the website, oh. you can do that. <laughs> 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 That's just being like, I'm not doing that. I'm not keeping up with that. That sounds like work. <laughs> But as always, thank you for listening, Pathfolk, and we 
Look forward to all of your comments about our show and future emails. And you can get in contact with us on Reddit and Discord and Twitter and Facebook. And I'm sure I'm forgetting some. And if you forgot anything, it's on our website. Yeah, it's true. So... And again, remember that uh, January 6th coming up very soon. Join us for some Hell's Rebels. True. Yep, yep. We're going to rebel, y'all. And if you're curious about Rick's notes, sign up for the Patreon. Yep. It's true. My my conversion notes will be available on Patreon with both uh, the exact rules conversions as well as my own personal notes on what I'm planning on changing because I never run everything exactly as is. So if you want to get the true find the path experience, uh, you can get my transcribed sticky notes on a PDF. (laughs) And none of us will look at them in case there are spoilers. Spoilers abound. All right. Well, as always, good luck out there, path folk. Stay safe. Have fun. Play Pathfinder. Take a golden yes. and with you. Bye, Pathfall. Yeah, take a look. Take a radiation badge with you. <laughs> Convert the entirety Bye. of Skull and Shackles into Starfighter. Yes, yeah, hit us I'll up play play then. <laughs> Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyrighted 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.